A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. To build back better or whatever. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. We've got to get them vaccinated and hopefully they will do it willingly. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. This is Connect Those Dots. Genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there. Took a week off, but we are now back on this humble little podcast that we call Connect Those Dots. I'm your host, Joe, and we got a lot of dots to connect. A lot happened in those uh, two weeks where you didn't hear my voice and my analysis and my cutting-edge, hard-hitting, earth-shattering reporting. But now I'm back, and uh, all together now we can connect those dots together and talk about all those weird things that were happening. On this show, usually we sort of stick to one topic and we do a big sort of expose and a big microscopic magnifying glass detective hat analysis about it. But with this show, with this episode, we're gonna dip into the bag of more current stories that are going on and the implications of those current stories and uh, what they mean to the bigger picture and the dots that they connect and the constellations that they form. And one of those big things that happened this past week, we got rid of the masky poos on the planes, everybody. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. master thank you master government thank you big daddy government you now allow me to not wear a mask thank you so much i'm gonna cheer for it and that's what we see with video upon video upon video of people literally during their flight being told that, hey, you don't get, you don't have to wear that mask anymore. That mask that I was yelling to you about, and I told you to put over your nose a hundred times, and I was staring at you at the corner of my eye, looking at you while you were eating your bag of chips, making sure that you put your mask up after you're done eating your bag of chips. Oh yeah, 
Well, guess what? Big Daddy Overlord, all-seeing eye, Lord Sauron government now gives us the permission to not wear the mask. So I don't have to yell at you anymore. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Put your mask down. Woohoo! I'm going to throw mine in the garbage, says the stewardess on the plane. Or no, 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 not the stewardess, the flight attendant. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to uh, put out any sort of gender binary stuff out here. The, the flight attendant. You're the white male! Now look, I don't want to sound all negative and you'd be like, ah, oh, Joe, you're such a pessimist, man. You can't be happy about anything. This is a win. This is a good thing. I agree with you. It is a win. It is a good thing. The fact that the resistance to these masks has made such a splash, <laughs> not trying to rhyme here, but the fact that the resistance to these masks has created this big uproar in our culture and it's being reciprocated now with actual policy saying that we don't have to wear masks on planes and it's only going to grow. I know it's only happening in Florida right now, but as it goes to, once it spreads its way up to the corporate level and the actual uh, flight companies start following suit, you know, and the dominoes start to fall, then that's that's where the big win happens. So yes, th this is a big win, but the perspective I see it from is the fact that when they announce on the plane that, guess what? You don't have to wear your mask anymore, slave. And everybody starts to cheer. And it's like, look how far we've been dragged down. Look how deep-seated, look how deeply drilled this cult mind control COVID scare tactic fear porn programming has been bored into the psyche of the public at large. 90% of the people on that plane, on those planes, on those flights, you hear them cheering. It's the majority of the people that are cheering. And you see them just rip off their mask and, and with, with gusto. I mean... If none of us wanted to wear the mask, all it takes is for all of us to just take it off. Just say no. We don't have to sit there and be afraid of their programming. We don't have to let them just bully us into this cultish-like behavior that we knew was nonsensical. And I understand in the beginning of the lockdown COVID uh, scare tactic era... Once they dropped the fear bomb on us in uh, March of 2020, everybody was afraid and, you know, they, it, was, it was everywhere. And nobody was really sort of uh, red-pilled to this type of stuff. Not a lot of people were. So we all fell for it, myself included. I thought mask would save you. I thought mask would at least help you. But that's what I get for sitting and listening to Howard Stern in, uh, in 2020. <laughs> Luckily, uh, I read the tea leaves there and jumped ship while I could and uh, saved myself while I could. But now we're in 2022 and we understand everything now. We, not everybody, not all, not all, not all, but people with sight, people with discernment, people with critical thinking ability now sort of smell the fishiness with all of this COVID stuff. And we understand that the mask has had ulterior motives not to keep us safe, but to keep us compliant. But why comply, though, if the vast majority of the public at large 
doesn't like the mask for whatever reason. They don't they don't choose to wear the mask. It's it's our freedom of choice. And they've successfully destroyed that freedom of choice. Now you sit there and you comply and you obey and you submit because you just want to get on with your life. You just want to get your flight over with. You don't want to get into a fight with anybody. You don't want to get yelled at by one of those Gestapo stewardesses or flight attendants. Excuse me again. It's just ingrained into my misogynistic mind to say stewardess. You're the white male! But either way... We, we, we submitted and we continued to submit long after we knew it was all BS. And then the government proves their control on us. They verify that their control tactics and their policies and their puppet string movements and their manipulation worked beautifully and is still working because now they tell you to take it off and you exhale a sigh of relief knowing that you won't be bullied anymore, knowing that you can make a free choice. So it's really just sad, and it's a sign of the times, and it's a indication of how, of how susceptible we still really are. So as much as this is a win that we don't have to wear the masks on the planes anymore, and it's going to spread, and it's the first domino to fall, Hopefully in, a, in, in more dominoes and more wins that we can have for liberty and freedom of speech and freedom of choice and, and just bodily autonomy in general. It's a win, but understand how many losses that we've had to finally get this one win. And it's not even really a, it's a hollow win because it feels like a pity victory. It feels like a, like a forfeit by pity and a forfeit by uh, ex experimentation, a chess move, if you will, letting us think that we're getting a win only to put us in a more vulnerable position for when they choose to re-implement whatever kind of tyranny that they want to implement. You got to think about it through the analogy of the, of the boa constrictor, the snake, the, the reptilian predator of the jungle, the boa constrictor that can eat an alligator whole. And you know how it eats the alligator? It doesn't do it quickly. It doesn't do it just, you know, with one bite. It does it incrementally. It does it over, over hours just to get that one alligator in its belly. It slithers around, wraps itself around, tightens, 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 tightens. Tight, 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 yeah! And then releases a little bit. This is the releasing of the boa constrictor's grasp on the public at large with this whole mask alleviation on the plane. You don't think they're going to bring it back? Of course they're going to bring it back. Because just like the boa constrictor, it doesn't fully release its grasp. It tightens back up even harder. It lets the prey get loose, make it think that it can move around a little bit. Make it think that it might has a, t a fighting chance. And then, boom, tightens back up even harder than it was before. And look, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I don't want you to think that the viewpoints that I'm making are being said to depress you or being said to uh, make you feel some type of way or make you feel sad, or I'm just telling you, uh, you know, sad things for, to, 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 to mess with you, to have fun with you. That's not what I'm about. 
you have to think a few steps ahead with these things. You can't just take these things as isolated incidents. That's not what we do here. We're dot connectors. We want to see where these policies lead. We want to see where the domino falls. Just because one domino falls, we're not just going to worry about that domino that fell. We're going to worry about the very last domino in the sequence. So we're trying to see as far as we can in the lineup of dominoes. So I'm not pessimistic. I'm not a glass half empty guy. But we we have to understand these implications and we have to face them head on and we have to really consider them as a possibility because of all of the things that we've gone through in these past few years with all these sort of globalist power grabs and changes to our everyday life, we have to be prepared for anything and everything. So we can't just get happy, we can't get complacent, we can't fall back to sleep. We have to always be vigilant. We have to always keep our third eye open. We have to always be connecting those dots with anything that we see. We always have to think about the correlations, even if it means it hurts our feelings. Are you trying to hurt my feelings? Because if so, you are succeeding. Fortunately, my feelings regenerate at twice the speed of a normal man's. It reminds me, and I'll just tell you this quick story. Uh, this past weekend, I was at a family wedding, beautiful wedding, awesome wedding. Got to see all my family there. We celebrated. We had a merry, joyous time. Got to see relatives from Canada that I haven't seen in such a long time that I've been planning to see but haven't been able to through all this, you know, stuff that we know about. But seeing everybody, it was just a beautiful time. And I got to talk to one, uh, my cousin's girlfriend, who is a really cool chick, like re- really awesome. We, The whole family likes her. And... uh she goes to me, she's like, Joe, uh, I've listened to your podcast, and uh, you have a lot of good points, but I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't believe it? What don't you believe? You don't believe what Klaus Schwab is saying? You don't believe uh, the thing, the quotes that I play you from Bill Gates? Because it's not me saying these things. It's me just showing you the quotes and the statements from the actual people and then, you know, just doing some analysis on it and then talking about the people that are saying the quotes. So what's, what don't you believe? She's like, I don't believe that someone could be so evil to do all these things that you talk about. And I'm like, yeah, it's hard to believe. That's why even even just me listening to what these people say, like when I hear Noah Harari saying all these crazy things, that your free will is over and we will put chip under the skin so we will have biometric surveillance. Free will, that's over. To go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it and understand people better than they understand themselves. And when Schwab goes, the forced industrial revolution changes your body and we will put a chip in your body. The difference of this forced uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. It's you who are changing. If you thought the COVID pandemic was bad, then only wait for the cyber attacks to come for you. To the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, the COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison. And then Bill Gates says, 
yeah, we gotta get the population closer to zero, and we can get the carbon down as much as we can, and if we do really good with vaccines, we can get the carbon closer to zero, if you know what I'm saying. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. First, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. And then Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer... We have edible chip that you ingest into your stomach, and then it will send signal, it will send pulse to the pharmaceutical company uh, that you took your medicine, and um, it is very good for surveillance. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet, and once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. compliance. And then Anthony Fauci goes, we got to give this shot to little kids. You know what I'm saying? We got to give this shot to little kids. You're going to want to give it to six-month-old kids. And uh, maybe if, uh, if, if President Trump had uh, some kind of pandemic or something, uh, he'd be faced with it. And it's going to be a surprise, but I'm telling you about it right now. Is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena, but also there will be a surprise outbreak, but also there will be a surprise outbreak, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. So people like you, people like me, people like... My cousin's girlfriend at the wedding. We hear these crazy things that these guys say, that these maniacs, these these freakazoids, these narcissists, these these cartoonish clown-level caricature comic book freakazoid villains that have no self-awareness, that have no selflessness. We hear the things that they say, and it sounds so over-the-top and outlandish and just unbelievable that it doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't compute to us because we don't want to dominate people. We don't want to depopulate people. We don't want to force people to do things that they don't want to do. We don't want to upload our consciousness into the transhumanist hive mind. We don't want to voluntarily chop our legs off and switch them with robot legs. You understand? So we hear all these things that they say, and as a normal person that just, you know, wants to live their life and, you know, have fun and have some laughs, and hang out and love your family, all that crazy talk, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't mix with us. It doesn't mix with our humanity. And that's what these people are devoid of. And that's what everybody needs to wrap their head around. There are people out there just like serial killers, okay? Just think about serial killers. You understand that Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy and all these people existed, and you understand that you can't wrap your head around getting their mind state of why they would do the things that they do. Equate that same mindset to these globalist types, these World Economic Forum types, these usual suspects that we always talk about. Equate that same sort of mindset that, like, this is... This is, a, it's like a serial killer, but 
calculated, genius, patient, unlimited funds and resources. I'm scared. I'm scared of the world out there. So I got her to kind of absorb that understanding, equating it to the serial killer kind of mindset. And I think it got through to her because <laughs> I hope it did at least because she was crying. <laughs> Once this information hits and you connect those dots for yourself and you have that internal epiphany and you, you take the red pill, so to speak, it, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It'll bring you to tears. So then after a good 40 minutes of talking to her about the New World Order outside during this awesome family wedding, <laughs> everybody, all my cousins were looking at me and they were like, oh, there goes Joe again. There goes Joe again, ruin every, ruining everybody's night talking about the New World Order. And I'm just like, people want to talk to me about it, okay? <laughs> I don't, I try not to talk about this stuff at, at fun events, okay? People want to talk to me about it and, and I welcome it. If you want to talk about it, you want to have some informed discussion, please. That's the only way we move forward in this type of information landscape, information battle, information warfare, so to speak. This is the info war. So I just went on a tangent right there, but it just goes back to we have to understand the human nature of this, and we can't for a second think that we have won or that we've overcome just because they took the mask mandates off the planes because they can't wait to put the mask back on you. Here's a little compilation of Jen Psaki, Dr. Fauci, and some, some no-name doctor on CNN that uh, they're going to tell you how horrible it is that you're now allowed to breathe on a plane. Uh, first, a federal judge in Florida says the CDC exceeded its authority with the mask mandate in airports. What's the White House position? The CDC recommended continuing the order for additional time, two weeks, uh, to be able to assess the latest science to protect the American people. So this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. Uh, as you know, this just came out this afternoon. So right now, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who would be implementing, and the CDC are reviewing the decision. And of course, the Department of Justice uh, would make any determinations about litigation. Sneezing and releasing uh, COVID-19 virus into the atmosphere because that individual doesn't have a mask on. This only really works when both sides have masks. The, the protective effect is, is, is there's synergy there, but, but now you're going to lose that because too many people are not going to have masks on. I was both surprised and disappointed because those types of things really are the purview of the CDC. This is a public health issue. And for a court to come in, and if you look at the rationale for that, it really is not particularly firm. And we are concerned about that, about courts getting involved in things that are unequivocally public health decisions. I mean, this is a CDC issue. It should not, should not have been a court issue. So there it is, folks. Tyrants never want to give up that kind of power. They can't wait to put that mask back on you. They can't wait for pandemic two, as Bill Gates puts it. Pandemic two? To put that mask back on you, to make you wear a, a bag over your head, to j j j just saran wrap you, mummify you and saran wrap you and roll you to the grocery store to get your groceries. They can't wait to impose whatever dehumanizing nonsense 
they possibly can on you for the excuse of saving you. And meanwhile, none of them wear masks. Fauci, I haven't seen him wear, wear a mask since 2020. Jen Psaki, I've never seen her wearing a mask. Bill Gates, I've never seen Bill Gates in a mask. I've never seen any of these people. I've never seen the World Economic Forum meetings that none of them are wearing masks. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's silly. But there are some people out there that love to be dominated, that love to be a slave, that love to give in and submit to whatever they're told to do and just be a part of the herd and just bat along. Just bat, bat, bat along. And it's, and it's sad, but here, here's some accounts from some of these people. Well, it, it's, it's fine for people, but for me, I don't think that um, a judge should be overruling science. So I'm still wearing uh, a mask, and I'll wear it until, until I feel comfortable. I mean, um, I run a business, so it's just kind of inconvenient for me if, if I do get COVID, so just kind of avoiding that. And the thing is, like, I don't think these people are bad for thinking the way they do. It's just unfortunate to me that so much of their humanity, so much of their will to be a human or, or just like fervor for life has been stunted by this whole COVID fear, fear tactic, fear campaign. It's really just sad to me that mind control worldwide is a real thing and a successful thing. And it's something that can really be accomplished. But hey, they're, they're free to do that. They're free to get brainwashed, I guess. It's their right to be brainwashed. It's their right to wear a mask. It's their right to get five booster shots in less than six months. It's their right to be completely mesmerized and entranceified by the fake news, lies, and propaganda and deception. It's their right. Well, I guess from a philosophical standpoint, I guess it's their right. But I don't think it's anybody's right to deceive and lie and distort and invert and mind control people and use humans as hackable animals, as Harari says. Humans are now hackable animals. I don't think it's anybody's right to do that. I mean, I guess it's your right to be susceptible to it if somebody enacts it upon you. But that's like saying uh, it's, it's the rape victim's right to be raped. You know what I mean? You, you, people are being mind raped worldwide and being traumatized worldwide. I don't think it's their right to be a victim. That's deep, bro. That's deep. Anyways, I'm rambling a lot here, but <laughs> it's just because I had a lot to say. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, moving on to the next big topic that I wanted to talk about while I was gone, and we'll see how many times I lose my focus and go on a tangent with this topic, we're going to talk about Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. That's a guy I've never mentioned once. And uh, I think it calls for a new segment on the show. So, Dot Connectors, here is Musk Watch. It's time for Musk Watch. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. It could be terrible, and it could be great. It's not clear. One thing is for sure, we will not control it. Musk Watch. 
on this segment of Musk Watch. And you must not be watching anything if you haven't been watching Elon Musk in the past few weeks because of the whole Twitter drama with him. So long story short, Elon Musk becomes the largest shareholder in Twitter, making him effectively the most important guy in the company, essentially. So he buys the largest shares in Twitter. It stirs up everything. People start panicking. People say it's a threat to our democracy that Elon Musk wants free speech. I know it's ridiculous. It's inverted. It's an oxymoron. It makes no sense, but you know these are mentally ill, psychologically damaged people that we're dealing with here when they say that Elon Musk is a threat to our democracy because he wants to allow more free speech on Twitter that is notoriously just known for censorship and blocking people and suspending people and deleting people's accounts and is completely just a non-free speech platform. Yeah, that Twitter... And they always say this it's a threat to our democracy, threat to our democracy. What does that even mean? You don't even know what the word democracy means. The word democracy just means majority rule. That's it. So they, they keep saying this threat to our democracy. And this, this is, is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our, our democracy. democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our 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 democracy. So what they're saying is more voices being heard and not censoring people and shutting people up is a threat to the majority's rule. Do you understand how sick that is? Do you understand how, how unself-aware they are when they say these little buzzwords, threat to our democracy, and they don't even understand what they're directing that as? Now, shutting people up and censoring people and diminishing people's voices and completely erasing people's voices, that's actually a threat to democracy. That's what is a threat to our democracy. Actually. Bringing voices in bringing all sorts of ideas together, having a true open forum of thought, that's a restoration to the democracy that we've already lost. Can I get an amen? amen. But again, I digress. I did it already so quickly, just bringing up this topic. But all these stories just have so many layers that you, you can't help yourself. They have so many branching stories that are connected to them that you, you just can't help to connect those dots but that's what they were saying about elon musk is how it's so horrible that he's the biggest shareholder now in twitter and is probably has the most say but just when that happens guess who jumps into action to defend harmless little twitter against big bad elon musk the mega corporations like blackrock and vanguard Yes, BlackRock and Vanguard. Now, if you never heard of BlackRock and Vanguard before, I don't blame you. 
not many people do, not many people who are just going about their lives like really care about, or like maybe you do know about it, but you don't really understand the full implications of how they operate. And that's cool. That's why we're here. I barely did. I still am not a total expert in it. But basically, BlackRock is a gigantic investment firm and is essentially an umbrella corporation, meaning that there are a bunch of other corporations underneath it, particularly big banks like J.P. Morgan Chase, like Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Berkshire Hathaway, Goldman Sachs, all these, all these big fancy-pantsy banking corporations, and they're all owned by BlackRock. So these companies are all umbrella corporations themselves. Every corporation is sort of owned by another corporation or has shareholders investing in corporations. So it's a lot of mixing going on here, and we can get into this on, an, on another podcast. But all of these corporations are trickle-down ownership, and BlackRock is the one that has basically an umbrella on all of the biggest umbrella corporations. You understand where I'm going here? And you can look this up. You can look up, just type in BlackRock Vanguard Pyramid, and it'll give you a nice visual of how these things work. So all these umbrella corporations, they are under the umbrella of BlackRock. And BlackRock is owned by a guy named Larry Fink. He is the CEO of BlackRock, and he's homies with Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab, and he goes to the World Economic Forum meetings. So he's a very nice man, Larry Fink, the uh, CEO of the super umbrella corporation BlackRock. But then even above BlackRock is Vanguard, which is the umbrella corporation of BlackRock. And BlackRock is the umbrella corporation of all the other umbrella corporations. So Vanguard is essentially the biggest umbrella corporation. And then when you look into who owns Vanguard, well, they're all anonymous. The members of their board are all anonymous. You cannot find them out. Spidey Sense going crazy. Yeah, Spidey Sense tingling pretty hard. But why am I talking about these corporations? They stepped in when Elon Musk became the biggest shareholder of Twitter. They stepped in and became the biggest shareholders themselves. With Vanguard knocking Elon Musk out of the number one shareholder position. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that just so nice of Vanguard... And BlackRock, BlackRock now uh, the third largest shareholder. Elon Musk still, still the second, but BlackRock now the third largest shareholder with like just like 1% less than Elon Musk with, with shares in the company. But Vanguard owns the most with like over 10%. And guess who's celebrating? All the, all the, all the good zombified New World Order Twitter heads that are completely just in a trance and think that Elon Musk is bad because we can't have billionaires doing things on companies. We can't have big companies submitting to billionaires or billionaires owning companies. Meanwhile, they say nothing about Jeff Bezos. They say nothing about Zuckerberg. They say nothing about Gates. 
They don't even know what the World Economic Forum is, but yes, I digress. But Elon Musk, he's who you who you need to worry about. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. And look, I'm not saying Elon Musk is perfect. He says a lot of weird things that I'm not crazy about either, you know? He's a transhumanist that believes that we can transcend. He wants to, you know, put trip, chips in people's brains. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. There are people out there that actually, you know, they, they become paralyzed from the waist down and then they get a chip implanted in them that enhances their brain function and now they can move their legs again. So I don't think transhumanism inherently is an evil thing. I just think any technology can be used for evil. Just like the first invention ever, fire. You can use it to worm yourself in the cold. You can use it to give yourself light in the dark. You can use it to cook your food. And you can also use it to burn down a house. So any technology can be used for any means. Just promise to use your powers for good. (laughs) No. But again, going on a tangent, the fact that Elon Musk is being criticized for shaking things up at Twitter, and the fact that they're rejoicing that these trillion-dollar corporations, these super-secretive Resident Evil umbrella corporations, literally what they are, umbrella corporations, BlackRock and Vanguard, who has Vanguard, who has anonymous ownership, you don't even know who owns the, the, the mega umbrella corporation... They're the good guys, and Elon Musk is the bad guy. And thank God for BlackRock and Vanguard to come here and swoop out this this scary billionaire. Unreal. It's really just unreal how deep the inversion goes. Like, these liberal types, like, they think they're edgy, and they think they're anti-establishment, and they think, like, they're fighting the man when they say that Elon Musk is a threat to the democracy. When they're really just, you know, spouting out mainstream media, mockingbird media, New World Order talking points that gets implanted in their head, but they think they're edgy or anti-establishment because of it. But then they rejoice when the shadowy, trillion-dollar, all-encompassing, super, like, Galactus of corporations, Vanguard comes in and, 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 and takes action. It's really just weird. It's a weird phenomenon. The the billionaires and the things that these people choose to side with and choose to be against because it's not their choice. The choice is implanted in them. They're told who to hate. They're told who to like. They're told who to not take interest in. And all they get is the mind-washing, brainwashing, build-back-better update, man. That's, that's That's like the software that they're all on, these NPC people that just have no thought of their own, have no critical thinking, have no understanding of how ironic all of their ideologies are and how all of them contradict each other and how they, it's just, it's really, it's just really bizarre. Like, what if CNN told you to hate Bill Gates? What if CNN told you how horrible Jeff Bezos was and how he had a bad divorce and how... How Mark Zuckerberg is a, is a swindler. What, what if CNN and or, or MSNBC or, or, or The View or Howard Stern or Jimmy Kimmel? What if Jimmy Kimmel told you how great Trump was? What if 
What if Howard Stern, what if Stephen Colbert showed you vaccine adverse reactions? Just some food for thought. They all say the same thing and there's no deviation in any of it. So it's all thoughts that get implanted into the zombified public masses. But again, this is good news. The Elon Musk thing, it's good news. Just like the mask off the plane thing, it's good news. And speaking of CNN and good news, CNN Plus can't even last a month. Now, if you don't know what CNN Plus is, it was their big flagship streaming service that they wanted to implement. Like Netflix for CNN. Oh my God, it sounds disgusting. (laughs) No wonder, no wonder it face planted. I'm just reading the headline right here from CNBC. CNN Plus fails to get over 10,000 viewers daily. They couldn't average, for for an entire month, they couldn't average over 10,000 viewers a day. And they're CNN. They're the big corporate establishment. They're worth billions of dollars. And they're backed by Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and George Soros and all these other foundations. And they're backed by big pharmaceutical companies. Big old CNN literally has unlimited money because they're just the mouthpiece of the new world order. Essentially, they have unlimited money. They couldn't get over 10,000 viewers a day. Let me just put this in perspective. The Joe Rogan show on a on an average podcast, he gets like 10 million viewers. On a big podcast, he gets like 50 million viewers. So just one man's podcast dwarfs the entire streaming service of the big corpo, fake news, brainwash, zombified, mind toxin, hypnosis, news, TV corp. (laughs) But that's a huge win. That's a huge win. Nobody likes CNN, and it's proven. It's proven by the people's dollars. It's proven by the people's subscriptions. It's proven by the viewership. They're tuning into podcasts like Joe Rogan, like Connect Those Dots, They don't want to be brainwashed. They know CNN are nothing but disingenuous, bumbling clown fools, and it's showing. You have people like Brian Stelter and Don Lamont and everybody else getting fired all over the place. All their big flagship, their biggest flagship person is is, is Brian Stelter, Humpty Dumpty, it the clown guy. That guy's a joke. Play clips of him all the time on this show. He's a silly little guy. That's literally their most notable, their most recognizable anchor. It's how much of a joke they are. And there's no hiding it. It's real. It is what it is. That dude swimming, Leah Thomas, can identify as a girl, but CNN cannot identify to have a lot of viewers. Pow. This is a really good thing. And there are some dominoes that are associated with this. There are some dots to connect here. You got to think of CNN as kind of like the hive mind, Borg, mega brain that gets all of the fake news first, that gets all of the 
narrative hypnosis talking points out first. And then it disperses out to all these other outlets from this super brain of deception that is CNN. So imagine it's dispersing out all of the fake information, hypnosis, all the talking points, all the catchphrases, all the pandemic of the unvaccinated, threat to our democracy. It's all Putin's fault. Misinformation, safe and effective. All these catchphrases, they originate from CNN and then they disperse out. They go to the places like The View. They go to the places like Howard Stern. They go to the places like Trevor Noah. They go to the places like uh, like whatever, any Netflix show. They go to Jimmy Fallon. They go to all these other places that don't watch CNN, but essentially they do watch CNN because they're getting the same message that CNN would be giving. They're getting the same indoctrination that they would be getting if they were watching CNN in the first place. So yeah, no one likes CNN. It's a dinosaur. It's a fossil. It's a joke. It's a clown show circus. But hey, you're just tuning into the Oscars. Hey, you're just tuning into the basketball game. Hey, you're just tuning into ESPN. You're just tuning into, you're watching a reality show. You're watching a Netflix series. You're watching a Hollywood movie. And you're getting those talking points because it's all the same cult. CNN is just the super hive mind mega brain. So we can sit here and goof on CNN all we want and say, oh, they're such a joke. They have no viewers, all this stuff. But if you sit there and goof on CNN and then you go and watch Jimmy Kimmel, you're basically watching CNN. Or you go and just watch Sports Center. You're getting the same vibes. You're getting the same messaging. You're getting the same frequencies. Kind of connects to how I was talking about how BlackRock and Vanguard are these umbrella corporations. CNN is the same. It's like your umbrella news and entertainment corporation, which is really frightening if you think about it. That's why you seek alternative things. That's why you seek podcasts. That's why things like that are blowing up. Because steadily, people are understanding that they don't like being brainwashed. It's not fun or entertaining to be brainwashed. And when they pass off the hypnosis and brainwashing as entertainment, people are like, I'm no longer entertained. Are you not entertained? We covered a lot in this episode from the slave masters finally taking the masks off our face on the planes to people rejoicing when the big shadowy corporations beat out the lone billionaire that wants to establish free speech on a speech platform. And we talked about basically the proof that no one likes CNN and no one's watching it. So this is what happens when you take a week off of dot connecting. A lot of things go down and a lot of things need to be talked about. And these topics have been in the forefront of the news. So I'm sure we've heard about them, but in this episode, I really wanted to take a deep dive 
into all these things so we can sort out through the muck and really get to the the root of all these things or observe it from a long view and see where these leads see where the dominoes are going to fall so dot connectors that's a show and uh we're gonna wrap it up right now but we're gonna be back next week with a more focused more traditional connect those dots type experience but this was the sort of current events welcome back type show i hope we learned something i hope we took a deep dive into these big glorified current events things and uncovered some secrets that we didn't know were there when we first heard about them and i'm gonna wrap up like i do every week telling you peace out god bless and uh, always connect those dots, dots.